0: Okay, you ready for God's Word again? Ready for some spiritual meat to, to feed on, to chew upon some truth, some maybe challenges as well. And this uh, for, for a while preaching, but every time you still feel nervous, like that never leaves you. And they, somebody, sometimes you ask people if you want to share, and it's like, oh, I'm nervous, like I'm never going to, listen, nervousness and stuff like that will just never leave you. And you've just had to day, it, and for God has called you a day, in spite of all that, and then because you're just always feeling it. So, last week, we was on Rahab. Rahab was a woman of the night, a lady of the night. She was a prostitute. The Bible's very clear. doesn't flower it or excuse it or use nice language. She was mentioned in the New Testament, Rahab the prostitute, but she was mentioned in the New Testament as, a, as an example of faith. West woman, difficult background, loads of hang-ups. God used her. And the story was that God was gonna send the Jewish people as Joshua was leading him. Moses had died and they never gone to the promised land. In Joshua chapter one, it says Moses is dead. Joshua, get Abdi I Take you out of the promised land. We said last week that God He's already been he's already seen isn't he, Julie? He's already listening last week. That whatever happens, God is God eternal. He's already seen the future. He's already been there. He's already seen it. And because of that, we get to enjoy Him. We get to trust Him. And as was mentioned a few times already this morning, He, name me, He will work it out for good, not according to my best wishes. Uh, according to his good plans. And we get the words of the prophets are uh, through the Old Testament pointing to the one supreme King, Jesus, born of a virgin, to live, to die for us, to die a horrific criminal's death. The ultimate plan of salvation, that he would be wounded and smitten for our salvation. Yet that wasn't the end of the story. God rose again, Christ rose again in victory, but He was crucified before even the foundations of the world. He was always going to be Savior because God had already been, and He had already seen. And when you read Revelations, we get confused, wonder what the beast means, the mark of the beast, beast with different heads, we wonder what all the tribulations mean. But if you can glean from Revelations this, God's already seen, He's already been, and He asks us in this moment to trust Him entirely. God says to Joshua, go across the land, the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, is waiting for you to possess. A picture of the Christ life, not just that we're going to go to heaven one day, but Christ promised child, the promised land, is waiting for us to enjoy. God says to Joshua, just go. I need to work out. Go and possess it. Be strong. Be courageous. Get people ready. But go. That's all they had to do Obey the simple word of God. Yet, they sent people on a scouting mission in the middle of the night. Joshua's like, okay. He says, Go. And Joshua had previously scouting missions and a scouting mission that failed badly. He said, just send two people in the middle of the night, and they went, and we'll pick up the story there. Chapter 2, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Keshah Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house, the first time she was mentioned, of a prostitute named Rahab, stayed there that night. Someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men, some her. bring out the men who have come into your house for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. As soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. This is interesting because Richard is there. God card great faith. She's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 that that statement, she was brought before the king. The king says, There's two men. Where are they? You've got them. God says that statement was great faith. And she said, Ah, oh, they've left. They're awa. They've gone. Even though she'd hidden him. Now, the law of the land. This gets tricky. And then I mark a theology on this. But was she truthful? Or did she lie at that point? Was she being honest? Or did she tell a lie? The law of Moses, black and white, thou shalt not lie. Rehab, was that a true statement to the king? Now, a good Christian will always say, Truth is above all. In Allah, you've got to tell the truth in all circumstances. She was brought before the king and was asked a direct question: "Where's the man?" Did she tell the truth? No, because there's a greater law in place—a law of the spirit. There's a difference between a bad lie <laughs> and a good lie. And you can go and work out and tell us what next week for it is. There was something bigger going on, protecting God's people. And if she was gone by the law of Moses, God wouldn't have him. the great story of Rahab if she had went and says to the king, I've hidden him, they're on the roof. I'm telling the truth, yet she lied, and I was never getting to ruin this, the lady of the night lied to protect God's people, and God looked at that moment and looked past the lies, looked past the idolatry, looked past her behavior, and she's heralded next to Abraham, next to Isaac, next to Jacob, the people of faith. Is a woman of oh great faith? How does that work in your life? We do it all the time. People say, you can't kind of like your kids. Lighting like the kids is bad. Always be honest to them. So, Saint Isaac came up for his little community kids Easter thing. And he draws a picture. And the picture is Jesus. The thief's on the cross, an empty tomb, and he comes and says, "Dad, what do you think of my picture, Tell me, Honestly, now he's near the best at drawing. He probably gets up for me. Well, if I didn't lie and be completely honest, um, I will say, son, that's incredibly bad. That's just squiggles." If you're going to draw Jesus here, but, hey, but a reverence to the great I Am. That's appalling, son. I don't think you'll ever mark it. You'll never be an architect. You'll never mark it, be an artist. It's pointless drawing another picture in your life. Son, I'm just being honest. That's terrible. And if I appeal to the law of Moses, Moses might say, well, that's right. Maybe. Would mark my really poor dad, wouldn't it? Because when you get that picture, you say, "Fit, that's amazing. You're wonderful. I see Jesus." And let my guess fit that, son. It's two thieves. Yes, you're right. I can see the two thieves. I can see the two murderers. If it's that to it's empty tomb. I can see the empty tomb. Stick in, son. I'll put out on the fridge. You're amazing. You keep going. It's better be a good dad. It's a good lie. Better than being honest. Sometimes I better appreciate good lies for people and plain honesty. If I come through that door on a Sunday morning, I look as though I've been dragged through a hedge backwards and I've had a terrible week. Please don't I be honest enough to say, Kevin, you look terrible this week. You look as though... You've been dragged through a hedge backwards. Sort yourself out before you come through the doors. I want you to say, "Kevin, you look amazing. You look like you're ready. I'm glad that you're here. Good, go for it." Husbands learn this quickly. If a wife asks you, "Do I look big in this? Does my bum look big in this?" You have got to say, No! Your bombs disappeared. How far is it? You look amazing. You look like a million dollars. That's a good lie. It'll save yourself a lot of hassle, save yourself a black eye. And God will say, He's got faith. That's a good lie. Protect God's people. Protect yourself. There is a line, okay. There's a self-interest bar. I suppose that's self-interest as well. Use discernment. God wants us to use discernment. When the Nazis turned up to Corey Ten Boom's Dorf and she was hiding the Jews, would it have been good for her to say, "Hi, I've had them in my was. Come and see. Take them away. Because there's a greater law. The law of the Spirit, the law of faith, against which there's no other law. Be led, head discernment. Then I go off of here and only thing you get is it's good to lie. Because there's bad lies as well. But here we have Rehab, a good lie. She's hidden the two men. I want to speak on the spies. We said last week, God had already been, He'd already seen, there was no need for the scouting mission. The last scouting mission went horribly wrong, and they sent out twelve, and ten come back and says, we didn't believe the Lord, we're like grasshoppers in our own eyes, this mission is too big, infected the hell nation, they never, ever fulfilled God's promises in their life. In fact, God waited for every single faithless, unbelieving person to die in the wilderness, before the people that were not born, then was born and says, Okay, everybody, every unbeliever died in the wilderness, let's go into the promises of God. And Moses never met it. Each one of us has got an opportunity. Do we go into the promises of God, believe God's word, declare it, possess it? Or do we gotta die in the wilderness? God's buried a lot of people in the wilderness. They failed fellowship. They forgot it was to believe. They never entered into nothing for God. Hid for Him, they still saved. Well, Moses is saved. He died in the wilderness. I believe God has risen up a people that will say, "God says this, we believe it. We trust Him, and we're going to go." This is Ah, the spies had to say when they came back, verse 23 spies went, they examined the land, Reha protected <clears> them. <throat> they came back as they said as this. Verse 23, the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River and reported to Joshua all that happened the last few days. We went, we looked at the land, we bade Reha, we heard how she protected, we examined. Verse 24, the Lord has given us <clears throat> the whole land for all the people in the land are terrified for us. God had said in Joshua chapter 1, I'm giving you the whole land because he'd already seen and already been and seen that the land was good for going to possess. Two spies came back and simply said, God's right. He's given us the whole land. People are terrified, go on, let's go. There was purpose in the scouting trap because Rahab's story comes fair. the scouting trap, even though it wasn't necessary. God can use, but we don't think it's necessary to accomplish His salvation purpose in people's lives. You don't think your shopping trips is not necessary for the kingdom of God yet you can go there and see people saved. You think your workplace wasn't necessary for the kingdom of God, for salvation, but God has placed you there in a place that you might not think is necessary, but people can get saved through you, DNA and you being there, and if you just bed in your house 24-7, first guy gets saved through your story. They came back, we... The Lord has given us the whole land. They just agreed with what God had already said. And because of that report, Joshua then was like, okay, let's go. Excuse me. Prophets, teachers, preachers. We agree with what God has already says, and it energizes the body of Christ to possess the land and to see His promises fulfilled in our lives. The prophetic voice, didn't it just mock up stuff to say if we really want to see revival in the land, spiritual winds, spiritual waves, and fire coming down? prophetic voice, God has said, let's believe and agree, cutting through born and marrow, through dark forces, let's go to church. He's already said, let's believe Him. Everything you do with preaching and teaching, let's come ruin God's Word. I don't want to mock stuff up or entertain you. Trying to preach God's Word, we His anointing, to get us to agree with what God has already said through His supreme, sacred Word. The last scouting mission came back and says, God has said, we that believe it. And the rest of the nation says, well, I'm going to believe them instead of God. That scouting mission came back and says, God has said… We're not marking this up. God already says it. Let's go. And a bunch of people say as well, we've got the testimony of God. Hallelujah. We've got the testimony of people. Hallelujah. Let's believe God. Let's go. The value here in people in your life that will just agree with God's word over your life, It's so valuable that's the reason you came here to face the rain this morning. Do you need Jesus to be a Christian? No. Yes, you need Jesus to be a Christian. Do you need me to mark you be a Christian? No. He marks you be a Christian. It's a miracle of faith. So why do you come to church then? Because you need people in your life, I need people in your life, that will keep on saying, This is for God who says, believe him, trust in him, love him, pray to him, read his word. I'm not marking this up. Believe him, trust him. David did a great thing this morning. He just read the word of God. That was it. But we come here, not for some spiritual fluff, Never some spiritual, made-up stuff. We came to hear other people say, this is the Word of God. Yes! Believe Him. Trust Him. And when we get an atmosphere like that, it's a faith builder. I could have bed on my own in my house and just read the Bible. But yet God has placed us in the community of Faith the body of Christ that then says Jesus is all sufficient, but he's placed me here and I need you. I need you. I need you. We need each other. When all sins declaring God's word and scriptures and worship. She's just somebody that scouted out the land and says, God says it. Believe it. Come on, church. God says it. Would any doubt it? This is what he says. Believe it. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Believe it. It's not my words, it's his words. All things work together, which came through strongly this morning. For the good of them, that he's called according to his good purposes, believe it. When we're declaring together, I did not need to come here to hear this. The battle belongs to the Lord. I did not need to come here to hear that. I know it. Why come here? Because when I hear you say it, because you've scouted out the land, something within me comes alive because uh, I I've got the testimony of just God. I've got the testimony of good scouts. They're into God's Word. I could mesmerize you with a prophetic word that will lead you feeling wonderful, but I could mark it up. I really could. God is looking for prophets that will hear God's promises and declare them. It'll be concise. It'll be clear. I've been reading the Lewis revival. I shared on the prayer chat. Duncan Campbell was a great agent, but the revival started before he came. It started with a few old ladies in the prayer meeting. I think one of them couldn't see. One of them was blind. I'm open to correction if I mind the story right. They got a word. They got a word. And it was fun in Isaiah 44. So they're here in prayer meetings. They get a prophetic word. They didn't mark it up. They didn't say this to tickle people's ears. It was simply this. Isaiah 44, 3. It's already in the word of God. For I will pour out water upon the thirsty. I will pour floods upon dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon the seed, my blessing upon your offspring. They're in a prayer meeting. They get Isaiah 44, 3. They scouted you to land. And as it did was this, God says this, we believe it. During that time, there was no revival in the land. The young people had no time for Jesus. There were no youth clubs in church numbers. And just dwindled, almost evaporated. A few women decided, no, God's bigger than this. The bar belongs to him. Prayer works. They get in their prayer huddles. They increase prayer. They get a prophetic word, Isaiah 44, three, It says, it'll happen. God, you have spoken, floods upon dry ground, war upon the thirst, a blessing for the offspring. They were sick and tired of young people when they come into church. They got a promise for God that says, offspring, young people will be impacted. So they kept praying and declaring fit. Now something they made up, something that God had already said. They declared it. They'd scouted out and said, God, you have promised. Let's see this happen. They start to believe for revival, even though they'd never seen revival. They phones Duncan Campbell because God had showed this lady that he was to be involved. Phones Hammond says, you need to be, maybe it wasn't a phone back in the end it. it's Maybe sent a pigeon or something. Go And down with Duncan and says, look, God has told us you have to come this weekend. Duncan says, sounds great. I kind of come. There's a conference on. I'm a men's speaker. The conference then, so he puts the word back to the ladies. The lady says, no, God has told us. And Duncan was like, well, that's very brave of you. I'm otherwise engaged. Circumstance happened. The conference collapsed. Duncan becomes available. Duncan turns up. Abdi thought, Duncan's arrived, revival's got to happen. There was a meeting in the chapel at night. They'd invited people. He preached a message. And he said, I would love to tell you, I preached a message, people got saved, and the Spirit moved. And I get this every week. He says, He preached a message, and nothing happened. And he says, nobody got saved, the Spirit didn't move. And Abby thought, "What's was here for a revival, and nothing's happened. He came for the dead they got together for a prayer He came for the bread. God hold on a minute God you've gave us this meal we're serving it back to you God you had already said that you would pour out you've already said that we water upon thirsty people we're thirsty you've already said There'll be floods upon dry ground. There'll be a blessing for our offspring. God, you've served us the meal. Now we're serving it to you. You've already saved, said they've scouted out the land. They didn't come back to mark stuff up. God, you'd already said to possess the land. Then somebody go up and says, maybe we need to repent, Psalm 23. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Clean hands, pure heart, we need to repent, get ourselves right. If God has said it, we're in the way. They go on their knees and they repented because they knew God had said. At that moment, the building began to shoot. They said that God invaded the building. Floods upon dry ground. It started with a, two verses. A word the voice of the prophet God has says let's believe it Let's be good scouts encourage each other with the Word of God and then the rest is says history the pubs started closing doing and there was dancing going on and God invaded there and they knew nothing about how to get to the Lord, and knew He was touching their lives, so they ended up at church—the only place they knew. If God is moving, where am I going to go? Oh, go to church then. Duncan Campbell never got home at three, four o'clock in the morning. They could have just left. Neil, God says His poem. says, People, it's time to rise up with a voice of faith. Do you want to see great things in God? Believe. He has already said. Encourage each other. Keep on, and it'll spy our faith. And let's be a people that will say, God has says. Let's go. Let's be courageous. God's got good things for you. Not just material things. He's got good, faith things. He's got purpose for your life. Not to harm you. He set you apart to be anointed, to be holy, to be used, to be available in God's hand on a given time to know Him, to experience His love morning, noon, and night, through trials and triumphs, through world's greatest tests, so you would know Him and love Him and be with Him eventually for all eternity. But while you're never there yet, you can experience God's kingdom in your life when you encourage each other with the Word of God. Because through this life, you have many trials and the enemy comes to wrap that core belief within you and mark you doubt that God has already says, but I need good people in my life to say, keep on going, Kevin. God's got this. Keep on going, Julian. He's your husband. He's a father to the fatherless. Keep on going, Amanda. Keep on going, Gib. We need people in our life to simply say, keep on going. God has got you. And he's greater than everything. He's bigger than everything. He's bigger than the devil, as we're just about to hear. Because this was the words of Rahab. I was about to say, we'll end here. We'll, well end here. We'll get her eventually, because I can't as, soon as I set up people, so that's fine. People say, that's fine. we we'll are finished in five minutes. But listen to just says, okay? I will finish soon. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land. She's a lady of the night. She's just did a good lie. But she's got faith. I pray that we would hear the faith of Rahab. Maybe near the behavior of Rahab. That was a kind of change. She's in a foreign land. She's seen and worshipped many false gods. But yet she heard something about Yahweh and says this, I know the Lord. I'm a squatter here. I know the Lord has given you this land. We're all afraid of you everyone in the land is living in terror. We have heard how the Lord made a dry path. We have heard that your God is a God that gets things done. Your God is majestic. I have heard in this land God, Jericho, while everybody else is worshiping false gods, including me, when I get the Bible stories, when I believe in Noah or Moses and the things that have been before, when I got the patriarchal history of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I'm in a fallen land, but I know your God is majestic. I've heard about Him, and while I've been worshiping false gods and nothing's been happening in my life and there's been no results, and I'm still living a life of misery, I've heard about a God that moves." God that is majestic, they can part Red Sea like it's nothing. There's the Egyptians, we've heard a story from the Egyptians was chasing the Jews, they came in a impossible situation and God by the breath of his breath, by the wind of his breath, parted the Red Sea, destroyed the enemy of the Jews that God caused judgment upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And Ewing's went on to walk through the Red Sea, though so it was nothing. We've heard about your God. Your God sounds amazing. Your God sounds majestic and mighty, and we've heard about him. We've heard about him, and she heard, and she believed. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing the Word of God. We've heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. We know what you did to Sihon and Og. They refused to let the Jews pass through their land to get to the promised land. And God judged them and put them with the way and said, You daddy act to my people. They're coming through this land. And because you wouldn't let them through the land, God's judgment and wrath will be upon you. You'll be no more. And God just says, Right, Sihon and Og. To the side. Let them through. This story went back to Jericho and they started to get a bit scared. This God sounds big. Verse 11, No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God, is the supreme. If we only believe that statement. Neither behavior of rehab, or the faith of rehab. The Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. It's like she had already read Colossians, the supremacy of Christ. It's like she had already read these words, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and He reigned supreme. This is the Apostle Paul. This is not Rahab's letter to the church, but it could have been. He reigned supreme over all creation. Through Him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can't see, the things we can't see, thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. And Christ is also the head of the church. I'm the Adam. I'm telling you God's Word, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He's the first in everything. God, in all His fullness, was pleased to live through Christ. And here we have Rahab. Lord, your God is the supreme God of the heavens, and over all the earth, in some light preaching fluke, that last week it was God's already been, He's already seen your future, and He's already seen, in some light preaching fluke, He's already been, He's already seen, and He reigns supreme. So you're mining that? He's already, he's already seen, and he reigns supreme. He's in charge. There's nobody and nothing above him. If there was, he wouldn't be supreme. He'd be second in command at least, and we should be worried. But he reigns supreme. If you reign supreme, you are the supreme being, you are it, you are in charge over all things. The name supreme means first in all things, the best. Supreme chicken, they say it's supposed to be fit second grade or third grade, the best. It's supreme. The Supreme Court, they say, is the highest court in the land. The appeal of the Supreme Court is the highest court in the land. Why is it supreme? Because it's the highest. Overall, we didn't add to his supremeness by believing in him. We had to get a by unbelief. He simply is supreme in all things. King Charles, for just now, why. they say is supreme in the land. He's a king, isn't he? I hang within Great Britain, would they like it or not, under his authority. Now, you might not believe it, I mean, I want him to be in charge. You may prefer somebody else in your royal list. You could take to the streets in March, and they want him supreme. But even if you were to take to the streets in March and say, I believe it, He's no less supreme because you don't believe it. Is that right? He's a monarch. And it says God is supreme. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. Every single person on the planet could raise up and say, we do believe him. He's near supreme. God's supremeness wouldn't change by one degree. But realizing his supremeness changes us and how we approach him in this life and I'll end with this she realized he was supreme then she flipped sides which is a good thing when you realize God is supreme and in charge listen to Rahab She lived her life out with God's covenant, out with God's kingdom, if you like. She didn't have any kind of story. She just heard that God was on the move and that he was supreme. And she did the best thing that she could do for her. She lied to her king in a moment of faith, realizing that God was supreme. She flipped sides. It meant she betrayed her past. It could have cost her everything. Betrayed everything she knew previously, all the false idol worship, her business colleagues. She betrayed all them for the sake of her salvation. She flips sides. When we realize, and the church realizes, Christ is supreme. He's already been. He's already seen. And he, he reigns supreme. We flip sides. It didn't matter my history, I was 19 years not knowing God, didn't want to know God, had no time for God, had no time for God's people, Atheists, atheist the truest sense of the word. But when you know that there is a God, the people testify to Him, and He reigns supreme, it will cause people to flip sides. Because when you realize that God's real, you want to be on His side. And you know that it costs you 19 years, 30 years, 40 years, if you got saved in Sunday school, maybe five years, or history of not knowing God. And you know that people's going to look at you funny. You know you're almost betraying the things they used to say because you used to call Christians Bible bashers and you used to mock the church. But you will soon flip sides. when you realize that God sees you that God loves you, and he reigns supreme, and he's in charge, and he's the one that can save me, and he's the one that can redeem me, and he's the one that can rescue me. I want to be on his side. Rehab did a very wise thing. She heard about the supreme God and says, I need to change sides here. Sorry, Jericho. Sorry, my old life, I've got to go on to God's side. If you haven't made that decision yet, I want to encourage you. God is worth flipping sides to his side. He's supreme. He loves you. And to escape future judgment, and not this world, we'll speak about us the next time, for the blood did, the scarlet thread, but to escape all the terrors of judgment in the world, Get on God's side. Get on God's side. Flip sides. It's worth it. He reigns supreme. It's the most beautiful, heartfelt prayer. Verse 12. Swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me. Get saved for you just so we can record it in a, a Bible a church register, that somebody came and got saved and had oh yeah, a prayer chat. Get saved for you. Get on God's side for you. He is supreme. He reigns on high. He's a king of kings and the Lord of lords get on his side for you but listen to her prayer be kind to me and my family since i have helped you give me some guarantee that when jericho is conquered when you deal with other mess of the evil in jericho when that's conquered because i know you're coming i know you're supreme you'll let me live along with my father, you could, I could highlight this in your Bible for them that's praying for household salvation, along with my father, and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families too, be kind to me, supreme God. I want to live, not just to breathe. Everybody that came before Jesus said this in effect. I want to live. Blind Bartimaeus. Christ, you are supreme over sickness and blindness. I'm sick of being blind. I want to live. The leper. Christ, you are supreme over leprosy. I'm cast out. I'm lonely. I get spat on. I get mocked. But you reign supreme. I want to live. Set me free from leprosy. The woman with the issue of blood spent our money in doctors and still bled. Held about a Christ that reigned supreme over sicknesses. Christ, I'm getting through the crowd. You reign supreme over sickness. I'm sick and tired of or bleeding, or losing out in money, or being mocked. I want to live. And just breathe. John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ came that you could have life, and life in abundance. And I pray that everybody here, if you're saved, would come with this attitude. Christ, you reign supreme. Be kind. I want to live the God life, the Christ life, the anointed life, the set apart life that it is to be a Christian in this world. I want to live please show your kindness not just to me i've got dad and he's saved i'm saved first for me if i was just saved because i'm a group for my granny I'd have gave up two years ago i'm saved for me the best thing i've ever done is get saved the best thing i've ever done with all the achievements getting saved getting right on the supreme god side best thing I've ever done, because he is supreme. But I'm also saved, not just for me. God's love and kindness has shown not just for me. We prayed on Tuesday morning, doing But God, would you show kindness to my dad, to my mom, to my brother, to their families as well, to the families that comes after me, the connections, other extended family, and the answer, as you will see, was God says yes. Put a scarlet rope. Everybody that's within gets saved. God showed kindness to Rahab and our health family. People come and pray. If you're not saved in here, you need to flip sides. God wants you to flip sides. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. If you need to say the sinner's prayer, good place to start. We can pray after the meeting. It's you flipping sides. Turn your back on things that God hates and God judges. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Christ, that He would save you. He would redeem you forevermore. It's the gospel of good news. Such a great salvation. Is it? You what know, it's doing in Romans or Hebrews. Such a great salvation. What will you do with such a great salvation? People, we need to believe God for our families. Their story is connected to you, your story. Rahab's story was connected to our family story, our family story was connected to Rahab's story, and you have the choice whether you keep on the supreme side or just give up and go, away, oh, do something else. And Christianity and fallen Jesus was just for a season. There's consequences to that that work out. God's already been. God's already seen. He ran supreme. You better believe him. Get on his side and keep on his side to your last breath, because something within your family story is connected to you. In reality, how does that work out? Well, if my granny just said a prayer and walked out and never attended church and never prayed another prayer and didn't they keep telling us about Jesus and didn't they put a Bible for Christmas, which I eventually would take to my challenge, would I be here? Well, God already been and God already seen, but things are worked out in this temporal realm. I don't think I would be here. Maybe some of you wouldn't be here if some of your family give up and gave up when times got hard can we pray just for a moment God has blessed you here already been already seen and he reigns supreme can we pray for our families Rahab go ahead quick we have so much more than Rahab she just heard a story and says, I believe it. He's supreme. Save my, me and my family. We've got 66 books contained within the sacred text that we call scripture. We have a lot more promises. Oh, yes, and amen. And if God could ignite faith within our rehab, he can ignite faith within us. God, I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for our company of people that flipped sides when they heard the gospel, a good news. We thank you that you are the supreme God and everything else is simply inferior. That the devil and uh, his army of darkness is simply inferior to the supreme God, King Jesus. Every person. And as it says in Psalms 2, even though all the kings would rise up against you and come against the great God, you would simply sit and laugh because none of the kings coming against you would interfere with your kingship and your supremacy. Everything else is inferior. And for them that is still undecided, Jesus gave a very clear instruction to come to him, and he says, you're either for me or you're against me. You're one or the other. You're either on the supreme God's side or you're nay. There's no in between. Jesus says, you're either confess me before men, therefore you'll get a positive confession in heaven, or you will deny me on else, he will deny you in heaven. You are for or against. You will sit here and before Jesus, or you'll be against him. We pray that people's lives will be flipped around for the gospel of Jesus. They will walk away, ah, their past, out ah, the bondage, out ah, the lack of love, ah the lack of Jesus' life. And then uh, you are Christ life. The life, oh life, the life, or oh light. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you convict people into righteousness because of your kindness. And God, as we sit here and many of us are saved, you've shown your kindness to us and we're okay. The blood of Jesus has covered us. We're redeemed, we're forgiven. But we know many people are just nearing the hoose yet. We know family members. We know loved ones. We ask that you would show kindness to them. The battle belongs to you. We've been encouraged by that this morning. Would you break through in their lives? Would you break through in their lives? Would you break through in their lives? lives? For every dad that needs you, for every mom that needs you, every brother that needs you, every sister that needs you, and all their families that need you, would you show your kindness to them, the wonderful story of salvation and redemption through Christ Jesus. We pray for waters upon dry ground. We pray for the Holy Spirit to take Christ's lordship and authority and transform people's lives. But oh, would you save them. Oh, would they be found in the house of the living God. Help us to keep strong in the faith, even through impossible situations and scenarios. And as we keep praying for them, sometimes it looks like it's getting worse and mere hopeless. But God, we know you reign supreme, that you are in charge. You are the author and the perfecter of faith. And you got me here to the place of repentance. And you got them here to the place of repentance. And when you get them also here to the place of repentance, so them too would say, God is supreme. God loves us. We are an everlasting love. Seal them. Precious blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. i get worship band up. We'll take up our offerings. So, if it do you mind before we leave, God is already... We'll take that. <laughs> God has already... And he. So can you trust him? A little bit, or a big bit? A big bit, or an entirety? We can trust God entirely. All in, everything, his words never fail. If you just have came here this morning... And just held a scout just to say, keep going. Believe him. Trust his promises. He's got you. Then I give up. Then I stop short. And just because he's seen and just because he's been and just because he ran supreme doesn't mean that we sit back, we folded arms and say, well, if he's already been, he's already seen and ran supreme difference does not mark that I should pray? I'll just sit here on my spiritual arms folded forward, forward, and do nothing. No, because He's been and seen and ran supreme. It encourages the body of Christ to trust Him. When our hell is breaking loose, to go to the secret place, to tell your burdens to Him that already seen and been and ran supreme. He's big enough shoulders to take the weight of your problems. He's got big enough shoulders to carry you home, you and your family. Let's stand in his presence. Let's give him a present worship he deserves. So we took up our offerings and then go.